All right, welcome back everyone to another PNTT podcast. Here you've got Coach El Nino and Coach Bills, and this time we are going to be running through the Westbrook group. Uh, and included in this group, we have the uh, we've got Plainview, Des Moines, Huntsville, and Gav- Gavelston. And so we will start with uh, the one seat here in Plainview, uh, whose uh, group is named after departing senior Cameron Westbrook. And so this is a team who, uh, you know, with graduating Westbrook and his compadres ranked uh, 1137, bring in a 122-113 class. So um, kind of, I think, ultimately a little bit of a disappointing incoming class. But given that ranking, really Westbrook was the only one who played starting minutes and and wasn't a a huge part of, I think, you know, this team's – uh, identity, at least from a you know a stat sheet perspective, but what they do lose is two quality backups in Dakota Gaines and Darian Thompson, who were very solid contributors and and played meaningful minutes. And so with that, um, they they do bring in this freshman class, which includes Braden Alvarado, Juan Bonner, who I know to be a two-two net tie because one of my uh, Conference 18 coaches was on that and did not win it. And also John Newhouse. Uh, and so with that, I, I don't think I'm you know, expecting any significant contributions by this freshman class outside of maybe Bonner slides in at the small forward spot replacing Westbrook. Um, but what I do expect big things from is returning uh, league freshman of the year and first team all league center Stanley Slattery, who is an absolute monster and I think is going to have an enormous uh, tournament, but then also I, I'm really expecting to see kind of bigger and better things from Griffin Rogers, someone who um, kind of looked like an absolute dog uh, coming out of high school, but I think is really yet to find, you know, his identity both in this offense and just as a player at the collegiate level. What do you see here? Yeah. I thought you went a long time without mentioning Slattery. That was impressive. Right. To talk about all the other teams <laughs> this, players on this team. Cause I mean, he was just such a star for them last He's year. So star good. among stars. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking heading into the NTT that you know, maybe they were a touch overranked because they were a little bit dependent on him. Maybe hadn't played the best schedule. Uh, but then they really showed in the NTT that they, you know, not just belong there, belonged as a contender, finished with 20 wins, made the sweet 16, won a couple games in the consolation bracket. Uh, so this is a team that has a lot of talent and they're certainly not a one man team, but what's interesting is if you look at the minutes last year, I mean, you called it out, right? Westbrook graduated, uh, you know, he only played 24 minutes a game as a starter. Yeah. Uh, They spread them out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the major exception being slattery, right. You know, he, he played almost 34 minutes a game, you know, nobody else was, uh, up to 28 even. And the other starters are in the 24s, 22. You know, Rogers, who you pointed out, really had awesome high school stats. Only played 22 minutes and, you know, 28 seconds, whatever, 22 and a half minutes last year. Uh, so a very balanced team. Uh, everything just really orbited around Slattery. And so I think that'll be the, the task for these freshmen, right? You know, whether it's somebody like Bonner taking Westbrook's spot in the starting lineup or, or someone else, whether, you know, someone comes off the bench. I don't know, but, you know, it's still going to be, you know, really solid players who can pass and defend around Slattery. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the identity of the team. Uh, and I agree with you that Griffin 
players should have the potential to score more. You know, I mean, you look at his high school numbers, he scored almost 24 a game, great shooting numbers, playing small forward. So he looks like, you know, the real deal as a scorer, but that's just not what this team asked him to do last year. Um, you know, his percentages weren't great, admittedly, so I can understand why. Uh, but it just, it also wasn't necessary because they had slattery. Uh, and they also had a, a very efficient scorer in Sydney Hall playing point guard. He, he shot a great percentage, uh, despite not getting as many looks. Uh, and this team historically has been one of the best in League 31. I mean, I'm looking at their all time power ranking. Yeah, it's, it's 12th. You know, they're, they're consistently really, really good in the NTT more often than not. And so, uh, this coach, you know, coach Butt Sniffer. Clearly knows what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not just about sniffing butts; it's also winning games. That's uh, right. That he, he's good at. So you know, it's not as if either he usually has these one man. Right? It's like they have a lot of balance, and then a guy like Slattery comes in. So now he's going to be the focus of the offense, and that shows some versatility for a coach to be able to shift things around. And you know, if that works, which it did last year, then then keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys like Slider don't come along uh, too often. So when they do, you know, that that is the identity of the team. And right. certainly there's enough talent around him. I am, um, yeah, I am expecting kind of Griffin Rogers and whoever ends up with that starting small forward role. It, it seems less likely to me that it'll be kind of this split minute setup like it was last year. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering to see kind of what impact that has on the team. I know, you know, a lot of talent and players you want to get everyone on the court, but I think um, this year, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case. So I guess we'll uh, have to wait and see. Uh, oh, one quick thing. I just checked last year who they lost to in the NTT. I had forgotten that it was eventual champs Sioux city uh, in the sweet 16. They fell only by six points, 77, 71. <sighs> So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean they would have won it, obviously, if they had just won that one game, but chose how good they really were to be that close against a team that went on to win the title game by 30 points against a previously undefeated team. Yeah. What a run. Just that whole NTT last year. That, there was just so many good games. Yeah, yeah. And just great, great teams at the top made for some, you know, what I would have thought would be a great final. I feel bad for, for right Ross there in Montpelier <laughs> that it didn't turn out that way, but he, his team had an awesome season. And yeah, know, obviously deserve to be in that title game. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we talk about so many of those great games last year is at NTT, I see a lot of those names competing for this year's PNTT title. So I, I think there's some, a lot more exciting basketball to be had. No doubt. So with that, we can move on to the next team that we got here, which are the Des Moines Flyers. This is a team who graduated 163-190 ranked senior class and bringing in a 53-69 ranked freshman class. So, um, you know, from that perspective, I think definitely an improvement there. And I think it was key that they brought in a big in this freshman class in Joshua Dubois um, with graduating kind of both their their power forward in Kyle Sullivan and, and center in Tristan Rush, two players that, you know, Certainly weren't amazing, but at least they were tall. Uh, and so with having that 6'10", Sebastian, Sebastian Evans at small forward, I, I definitely think there's going to be some movement here. He, he was the team leading scorer, and so interested to see if he stays at that small forward spot or shifts downwards. Uh, and, you know, kind of other notable contributor was uh, soft or junior, now senior shooting guard, Christopher Godfrey um, w- with just under 15 points game. So definitely a team that's, uh, you know, 
is not the most efficient on offense, but gets the job done and plays uh, some decent defense. So what do, what do you see with this team? Yeah, it's a solid team. I, I would say their graduating big guys were, you know, a touch better than just being tall. Uh, it's true that they didn't, you know, they didn't play huge minutes. Actually, they only played about 21 each, but uh, Kyle Sullivan sticks out to me as a guy who was a very efficient scorer for them in the minutes he did play. You know, you go to the per 30 view, he scored 12.4 and shot over 62% true shooting. So that's a loss. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, they can sort of fill in the scoring around him. And I, I think they probably can, because they had some guys on the bench who were scoring uh, McCrone and the two Smiths were backup bigs, you know, three, four, five, all of whom scored double digits per 30 minutes. So one of those guys could come in maybe to the power forward spot. Uh, and potentially you could see Debose, the freshman as the center, who knows, but that I think there are options that this team will have for sure. Um, I think of Des Moines as a team that has been in the NTT more recently than it has. I just checked its history and they haven't been there since season 18. Uh, they've been sort of toiling in the PTT mostly with a few RTT trips. Um, that last year they were a four seed in the PTT. I, I don't see a reason to think that they're going to be substantially better than they were last year. Uh, you know, they finished number 39 in the power ranking. So had a, a nice little run in the PTT after a first round loss, they won their next five games to bump themselves up in the power rankings a bit. So they'll probably be in that same range PTT type team, but I don't see this team as an NTT, you know, likely contender, which means that in the context of this tournament, uh, they're a step or two behind the one seed plane view that we just discussed, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think we got a little spoiled with the uh, the two other groups that we previewed, just having mm -hmm. a ton of depth to them. I think this is um, this might be the weakest two that we've looked at, but certainly a team with you know plenty of talent and 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 I think a uh, an intriguing schedule too, with definitely some some winnable matchups and. Uh, you know, ho hopefully not that uh, that one this upcoming Friday. Hopefully, um, real quick on that on the on the seating. I know uh, Coach V mentioned to me at the end of last season that there was some issue with the seating that you know there were it was like his seed algorithm or whatever it was was spitting out some weird results. And I kind of wonder if that may have happened here, or if at least just the seating as it's represented on the message board. Yeah, could quite be quite accurate. Because if you look at Galveston, which is listed as the four seed, uh, you know they were actually number twenty-seven in uh, yeah, power true, ranking last true. year. So I don't know. I I wonder if they may be the two seed. I also wonder if what might be going on because I said this to you off the air. I think uh, some of the group one and two seeds seem to be flipped on the message board. Like it's clear that the team that's listed second is actually the one seed based on like having a player from that team that's the namesake of the group uh i'm now thinking given the way galveston's preseason ranking is that maybe what's sorting it on the message board is preseason ranking and that's different than the way the seating was so it could yeah, be that there was that no no yeah so there may be no mistake whatsoever with the actual seating it's just that the message board may not be reporting the seating accurately. So my best guess is Galveston is technically the two seed in this group, but I don't yeah. know for sure. We'd have to get, you know, our leader to confirm one way or another. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of Galveston, we can trans, uh, transfer over looking at them. This is a team who graduated a 3648 class and brought in a 198, 182. So a little bit of a downgrade there, but um, kind of looking at who they graduated, graduating, you know, small forward Gabriel Smith, as well as power forward Andrew Mitchell, both really solid, 
solid players kind of, you know, anytime you, you graduate a six ten big who you started kind of, that always hurts, but they return a lot of talent in, um, you know, point guard, Damon Johnson, you know, a point guard who got almost seven assists a game and two steals. Um, and so really just knows how to move the ball around as well as center Cedric Kramer. Uh, and so kind of, with with the freshmen, I think it's a case of, you know, one really solid player in Kane Green who played point guard in high school at 6'2", uh, and then really two other players that, I, you know, Caleb Brokowski and Sean Brown, I don't really see getting any sort of meaningful minutes that in this tournament and, and maybe not, you know, for the duration of their careers. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And, you know, we I was going on and on about the seeding and how maybe they're the two seed, but... Uh, they may, I don't know, they, they may end up justifying that, you know, number four supposed position on the message board. Hard to say. I mean, they had a, a really good season last year, so I should start with that. They made the NTT. They won Conference 24 regular season, I believe, which was quite a feat because that was an awesome conference. Uh, you know, they were a five seed in the NTT. Uh, they did end up losing in the first round. So disappointing end to the season. Didn't Didn't perform all that well in the NTT, but just a really solid season that kind of came out of nowhere, I think, given how this team has performed in for that. I mean, I'm looking back at their history. They hadn't made the NTT since season 13 when Statwolf was their coach. And, you know, Statwolf is in Worcester now leading an NTT contender there. Uh, so it's been a while for this Galveston team, uh, but they made the NTT last year, uh, lost a couple guys. And I always just, when I see as much balance as this team had last year, I mean, you look at their starting lineup per 30, all five of those guys scored in double figures for 30 minutes. Uh, and I always wonder if you take just one or two pieces away from that, you know, Jenga stack, whatever it is, does the whole thing fall apart to some extent, mm-hmm. you know, losing Smith, losing Mitchell. Uh, I just wonder if that's going to put a little more stress on these other guys. As you already said, the, the incoming freshmen don't immediately look like they'll be able to take on that kind of load. Certainly, they're not playing small forward and power forward, uh, given the height they have. So, yeah. you know, in, I don't know, in a solid group and a tough conference, I imagine they're going to take a, a fairly substantial step back. Um, but with that said, they do still have some talent. You mentioned some of it. They'll be right there, I think, in what is a pretty competitive group after that top spot that Plainview has. So they, they could easily end up finishing second in the group, but I, I wouldn't be wholly surprised if they finished fourth either. Yeah, def, definitely agree there. Yeah, I mean, th- this is an intriguing group. I think there's a lot of parity in this group, um, kind of maybe with the exception of really just Stanley Slattery himself. Um, you know, I think he definitely really tips tips the scales, but outside mm-hmm. of that, I think there's a lot of parity in this group. And um, kind of speaking of the the remaining team we have in this group, we've got the Huntsville Rockets. Uh, this is a team who graduated the 49-28 class and brought in the 52-34 class. Uh, you know, and looking what they graduate, they they're losing uh, their top two scores on the team in shooting guard Shannon Livingston and center Juan Woolridge. And so that's definitely going to hurt. And then bringing in um, kind of three guys uh, who aren't immense scorers, but definitely can help facilitate the ball in uh, Brandon Madsen, who's 6'4", played small forward in high school, and then two bigs in Kyle Novosat and Blake Dixon. Um, and so both bigs, uh, guys who get double-digit boards, multiple assists with Novosat at 6.1 in high school, uh, and then uh, 
Novosad with 3.2 blocks, Dixon 2.3. So anytime you can get an infusion of bigs who can board, assist, and get blocks and, and, you know, just play solid defense, I think that just takes a huge load off of your lineup considering this is a team who's playing a 6-6 power forward last year. So definitely a nice infusion of talent into the lineup uh, with some height. Yeah, I think it's a little hard to project this team because at first, you know, I'm looking through here as you were talking and I thought, oh man, you know, Juan Woolridge is leaving. I remember him. He was like a big time recruit, right? And he arguably was their best player last year. And then Shannon Livingston left. He was actually their leading scorer. I can't say I, I knew much about him, but you take a look at the stat sheet and he was pretty good. So as you were going through, I thought, oh, I may have spoken too soon when I said that Galveston could finish fourth because it looks to me like this team's going to finish fourth. But then, you know, you scroll down a little further, you take mm-hmm. a look at those high schoolers, you know, the freshmen now uh, that you talked about, really intriguing players. I mean, Novasad especially, maybe not be, he may not be the best of the group, I don't know, but to have over six assists a game from that center position is pretty interesting. Yeah, and to block, that's awesome. block, yeah, block over three shots a game. That, that's a cool player to bring in. So whatever the, you know, recruiting rankings say, you know, he should be able to slide in along with Dixon, who's got really nice numbers himself. So just to echo what you said, you know, it's going to be a very different looking team without Livingston and Woolridge leading the way, but it'll be a bigger team. And it, you know, it might all come out in the wash. Maybe they'll be about as good this year as they were last year, but it could go either way. Cause they'll be, they'll be very different. Um, so, you know, it'll put some stress on Daniel Andrews, the point guard last year who had, had really nice numbers. He'll have to score probably even a bit more, or at least maybe find fine players with the basketball who can score because uh, they lost more scoring than they brought in for sure. But they also brought in more height than they lost. So, you know, we'll see which of those ends up uh, being of more importance. Yeah, I think what really intrigues me about kind of what this team did last year was, you know, despite having a 6-6 power forward, we're only out rebound by like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, and so I think just kind of goes to show that there is some depth there, depth, there is some grit to this team. But yeah, I mean, it just comes down to someone's got to put the ball in the hoop and unless Daniel Andrews is going to start scoring, you know, 40 a game, you know, <laughs> s- someone on this squad is going to have to step up. Otherwise I think they're really going to struggle to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And so with that, let's maybe uh, point out some uh, kind of individual uh, stars or stars in the making that we're, we're expecting to see uh, big tournament performances out of and, uh, Outside of Stanley Slattery, who you know cannot go unmentioned here, who who else do you see? <laughs> uh, sure, steal him. Why don't you? Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> it's too obvious. Obviously, uh, you know we talked a lot about Griffin Rogers when we talked about Plainview. Uh, we mentioned Sidney Hall, but didn't talk to him talk about him as much. So I'll give him some love here as a guy who was more productive last year than Rogers by a good margin, and at least in terms of game score. And, you know, it's just a a very good player who was a freshman last year, like Slattery, part of a, you know, a consensus top six class. Uh, You know, you might think that was all about Slattery, but in fact, the Sim Hoops ranking was higher than the Hardwood ranking. So it suggests that Sidney Hall also is considered to be a real good player. And statistically, he backed that up. So I would think that would be the way for this team to make the leap from, you know, frisky Sweet 16 team that lost to the eventual champion 
to, you know, actual final four team or in the context of the PNTT, you know, competing in the PNTT playoffs, winning a couple games, uh, you know, making the semis or, or the finals of the PNTT. Uh, I would think either Hall or Rogers probably has to step up in that spot. So Hall is one, I think, to watch for sure. Yeah. After that, you know, on these other teams, uh, it's sort of you pick who you like, right? I mean, on Des Moines, we already talked about Sebastian Evans. He was the leading scorer last year playing in that small forward role as a small forward. Didn't play a ton of minutes. Uh, be curious to see, for a starter at least, be curious to see where he is this year, what kinds of scoring opportunities he has, yeah. whether he can score. You know, because per game, he's at 18. Per 30, he's at oh, almost at 22, right? So if he does play 30 minutes a game this season, will he be scoring 22 a game? Could he score even more? So he's somebody that you would look at there for sure. You mentioned Daniel Andrews for Huntsville along with the freshman big guys. I think those are the guys to focus on for sure for them. Uh, and then for Galveston, a team that I, I was not all that kind to in the review. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll take a look at Timothy Smith, someone that we didn't really talk about a whole lot. He was an oversized six, seven shooting guard last year uh, was actually the leading scorer on this team for 30 minutes and shot a real good percentage. So, you know, he's somebody who may be able to take another step as a sophomore and keep this team in the NTT mix or, or get them in the PNTT playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think the only other guy who I'll, I'll point out, and it's definitely not going to, you know, some be like someone who's a major star who really, you know, fills up the statute, not from a points perspective at least, but Damon Johnson, the point guard for Galveston as well. I just kind of like anytime you get a guy who um, – as a point guard has more steals than he does turnovers. That's, that's something extremely valuable, especially uh, in a tournament like this, where you just can't afford those mistakes out of your point guard. Yeah. I, I feel like that's spoken like a true original Sim sports drive the lane coach. Cause I always <laughs> thought steal to turnover ratio for a team and players was like the key indicator for that yeah. back then. And it's obviously still super important, you know? So I, I'm with you. He's, he's a good one. For sure. Well, Hey, uh, th- that's that's this group. I think before we get out, we can maybe talk about who we expect to win it, and maybe uh, if we expect to see multiple teams making the playoffs, or or if it's just going to be the winner. So who you got, who you got coming out of this group? I think it's a one big group. I think Plainview gets in. I don't see these other three teams getting in. Uh, yeah. Agree? I do agree. I'm just so disappointed that we're so boring. Like, of course we expect the one seeds to win, but I I definitely think it's these are three groups where like the one seed is you know, at least the three that we've talked about, the one seed clearly just looks like the best team. Um, and I think, you know, a couple of the other groups we looked at, there, there was definitely other teams that we thought had the caliber to get there. But with these teams and the schedules that they play, I'm just not seeing enough wins for any other team to, to make the playoffs. But, hey, I I'm, I'm hope, I, hope I'm wrong. I hope one of these teams, you know, a- any of the three have a wonderful performance and, and get into the playoffs. I'm just disappointed that you spoiled how boring we were, right? Because who knows? The listener, the <laughs> listeners may not have listened to those other group podcasts. That's They're probably true. just the coaches of these teams, you know, so they don't know. Uh, now you just revealed to the whole world that we were boring and couldn't make good predictions. But Well, we true. did talk some mad smack. Uh, and so if you dislike any of the coaches or teams in those, <laughs> in those groups, you know, maybe we talk smack about them. You're going to have to go listen. Yeah, got to check it out. That's right. We were pretty harsh. <laughs> All right, well, I think that wraps it up for the group. Uh, that's, that's it from uh, Coach El Nino and Coach Bills. We'll see you guys next time.